Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time, I preach in church, I speak at youth groups, or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for Him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to another podcast. Um, so in this next talk, this is a chapel talk uh, that I've done here at the senior school at the school that I work at, uh, and it's on Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 to 29, uh, titled, Christ in You, the Mystery Made Known. Uh, this is a cool little section of Colossians where we see that Paul proclaims um, wonderful teaching about Jesus, and in fact, he toils and struggles for it, enduring hardship so that everyone would be presented perfect in Christ. Um, and he does it all in Christ's mighty power. Uh, the challenge in this talk is to remember that the mystery has finally been revealed in Jesus, um, that Jesus, the Supreme One, uh, is in us, and he's the one who has saved us. And so we don't want to miss this mystery. Uh, I hope you enjoy this next uh, talk. Uh, and as always, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can do that uh, via Twitter uh, at, at MRK Schroeder. Uh, I wonder if you've ever had to endure hardship for another person. Yeah, what's that mean? It's a good question. Endure means that you do something continually for somebody else, even though it's hard. Do you know what I mean now? And hardship is a hard thing, a difficult job. If you've ever been, there's a hard job that somebody's doing and you're like, you know what, I, I want to I do that for you to help you. Have you ever done that before? Seeing somebody doing a job and you're like, I'm going to help you because I like you or I'm just going to help you because you need help in this moment. Does it make sense? Uh, who hates doing push-ups? Who hates doing push-ups? Uh, Leah, come down here for me, Leah. <laughs> give it up. Give it up for your friends. All right, that'll do. So imagine for a moment that we said to our friend here, like, you have to do, uh, like, 100 push-ups right now, uh, right now, and you have to continue to do some, and it's, you just got to do it, and as long as it takes, you have to do it, right? And off you go, and there you are, you're down on the ground, and you're doing, you're, you're one at a time, you do one, you push out one push-up, push and, and yeah, you kind of look, you, right now, you're like, I can't do push-ups, but hand up if you're like, you know what, I don't mind doing push-ups, I'm pretty, I'm fairly strong. All right, so, so come on, yep, Al, come on. Um, and so, no, just take a moment. Uh, and so then, while you're there pushing out a push-up and trying to just do one, let alone 100, this guy comes along and he's like, you know what? I, I can do push-ups. I'm pretty buff like that. And he's like, I'll do them for you. That's pretty nice, isn't it? Don't you think? Uh, all of a sudden, you, you know, what was your worst nightmare has actually been relieved, right? The, the hardship that was set before you is gone and it's over and you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Now, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Well done for volunteering. So, can you do 100 push-ups for us right now? Uh, sure. No, I'm just joking. Grab a seat. Yeah, grab a seat. Give it up for these people. Give a round of applause. 
Um, I wonder, when you think about doing hard things for others, when you think about doing hard things for others, what might come to your mind? Um, my parents, I remember when I was uh, at high school uh, and sat down to do an assignment. And to be honest, the assignment was due the next morning. And my mum came in and she's like, all right, good night. Oh, what are you doing? She would say, I'm like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing an assignment. And she's like, oh, what, what's it on? And I'd tell her what's it on. And she's like, when's this due? I'd be like, tomorrow? She's like, oh my goodness. And so then my mum would actually sit next to me and she wouldn't do my assignment much. She would, she would help me with my assignment, right? She would dictate things to me so that I could type them into my assessment. She would find information for me and say, I reckon this paragraph might help you. And I'd get that and I'd use it for my assessment. And she'd endure the late hours of the evening so that my assignment might get done. Hand up if you've ever been there before with your mum or your dad helping you through. Right? Your parents at that point, they've endured hardship for you. Maybe, maybe for you, maybe you've endured hardship for a friend. Right? You've, you've heard that your friend is doing it really tough, that maybe something terrible has happened for that person. Maybe something really bad has happened and you're like, oh, my heart breaks for my friend and, and I want to help them feel better in this really tricky time that they're facing. Maybe for you, maybe you've endured hardship for your sports team. So imagine you're out playing football out in the field and all of a sudden another player comes in and they do the dirt and they chop you in the ankles. Yeah. Oh, boo, let's cart them, right? You want, but they don't get carted. But the thing is, you, you're in pain, you're limping along, but you know that you've got to take it for the team. Have you ever had to take it for the team before? Take one for the team and you play on and you keep playing because you know that the more you play, the better it's going to be for your team. You endure hardship for your squad. Or maybe you've even just endured hardship as a, for a stranger. You, this is pretty easy and low level, but maybe you've seen uh, uh, somebody who's unable to open a big heavy door so they can get into a building. And so you just go forward and you endure the weight of the door and you open it for them and you flex your muscles, you're welcome. Uh, and in they, go, they go into the room. Maybe you've helped somebody with their shopping Maybe you've helped somebody and they're carrying lots of things and they, they drop one thing. And so then as they lean down to pick up one thing, they pick that thing up, but something else slides out. And they, you know that game that we play sometimes when you're trying to carry lots of things? Yeah, maybe it's like when you, your mum's carrying all the washing and stuff to the laundry and one little stinky sock drops out. And then she picks up that sock and then the undies fall out and then a shirt falls out. And you're like, mum, 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 I'll help you. And you, you help her pick up those things, right? I remember when I was a teenager, my youth group, we went to, down to Wollongong to help out with an organisation called, uh, it was like Mission Heart of Wollongong, something like that. I can't really remember the actual name of it, but I remember the, the, the logo that had this big gigantic red heart. And what they used to do, this organisation, they would feed the homeless. And our youth group found out about it. This is when I was about 17 or 18. And they said, we said, we're going to come down and help you. And so one Saturday morning, we endured hardship by setting our alarms to 2 a.m. in the morning. Uh, we got up really early, put in our beanies in our tracky ducks, and then we got in the car and we drove down to Wollongong and met this mission group. And they had this big bus, like not a big bus, like a van. And in the van was like this mini kitchenette sort of a setup. And out of this van, they served warm soup, and crusty bread rolls. And it was just an opportunity to, to help the, uh, these people that are living on the street that are doing it rough. And, and for us as teenagers, we had to endure hardship for them, right? Because let's face it, no one likes getting up at 2am in the morning, do we? 
right? Uh, and so we did that. Now, the thing is, after we'd done that, it was really, really great. It was a great opportunity to help people in the community. But after they had finished, we'd finished that service time of the morning. They said, look, we're, we've got some flyers that we want to hand out in Crown Street Mall. Can you stick around and help out with that? We're like, yeah, sure, that's easy. No worries. We'll keep helping you out. And they said, oh, and also we need you. And they pointed directly at me. We said, we need you to come and help us with something else. I'm like, okay. And so we were back at the base of the mission organisation and they went to a cupboard and out of the cupboard they pulled out this gigantic red fluffy heart, right? Massive thing which had a hole in the bottom which I actually went into and then I was this gigantic red heart. And they said, you need to get in this and you need to walk around, you are our mascot, right? And so my hands were just poking out the end of the heart, that's how big it was. So imagine my little hands poking out the end of this heart. Right, and then there's this big smiley face in the front of the love heart and there was a black box in the middle that I could just see out of uh, and I sort of held on to somebody's hand and they led me around Crown Street Mall. The bad thing was that they also said, and as well as a heart, you need to wear these and they pulled out these bright red skinny tights and I had to wear these skinny red tights. And so I endured hardship in lots of ways, right? Because not only did I have to wear tights, but I got so many inappropriate slaps through Crown Street Mall, uh, it was bad. But the thing is, all, all silliness aside, right, it's good to endure hardship for the sake of others. Uh, we want to we do things to help people, don't we? Because you know yourself that you like to be helped with things, don't you? Yes? When things are hard, you like to be helped. Well, in this part of Colossians, we actually read how the guy who's writing this, what's his name, do you remember? Starts with a P. His name's Paul. Paul, he actually endures hardship for this church in Colossae. Look at what it says in the ver- first verse here. I've just highlighted some of the bits in blue. In chapter 1, verse 24 to 29, it says, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. You see, Paul is suffering for this church. But look at his approach to suffering. What does he do? He says, I, what's his word say? Rejoice. It's like he's thankful for the suffering and he's receiving it with joy, isn't he? He's receiving this opportunity to suffer with joy. But why? Well, because he's suffering for the sake of Christ's body, which is the church. And he builds onto that a little bit for us in verse 25. And he says, I've become the church's servant by the commission that God gave me to present to you the word of God in all of its fullness. Now, do you remember what was Paul's name before it was Paul? Saul. And Saul was a bad guy, wasn't he? Do you remember? Saul was somebody who persecuted Christians. You can read about that in Acts. And Paul, one time when he was on his way to persecute Christians, Jesus appears to him in this miraculous turn of events. Saul goes blind. He goes on to another place. He gets healed from his blindness. And then at the end of the day, he ends up changing from being a persecutor of Jesus to becoming a proclaimer of Jesus. Somebody who goes out to teach people about Jesus and how he saves us. And that's what he says here in the green text. He says, by the commission or by the job that God has given me in sending me out, he has been presenting the word of God in all of its fullness. He's been teaching the true things about God ever since God said, go and do it. And in fact, look at how he talks about what he's been taught. He calls it, A what? A mystery in verse 26. This is what he's been teaching. He's been teaching the word of God in its fullness, which is a mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. I like those two words, ages and generations. 
particularly ages, it reminds me of going on holidays and going, Mum, this is taking forever. It feels like we've been in the car for ages. That's the way that we use that word, isn't it? In our context, ages, it might just feel like a couple of hours. Well, this is more than a couple of hours. You see, for years and years and years, the mystery has been kept hidden for ages. And the mystery is how God is going to save his people. People didn't know exactly how God was going to save. They knew that he was going to, but they didn't know exactly how God was going to save his people. But now, he says, it has been disclosed to the Lord's people. I think the Lord's people here is talking about Jesus' followers, his disciples, particularly the apostles. And to them, to the apostles, he says in verse 27, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that is, all the people who aren't Jewish. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. And what is the mystery specifically? It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you remember last time we were in chapel, we spoke about Jesus and how he's supreme? That Jesus is supreme because he made all things, he rules all things, he saves all things, and how Jesus is supreme because he saves you? Do you remember talking about that? Well, Paul says that this is the mystery, that Christ is in you and Christ is in you, which brings about the hope of glory. It's through Jesus that we are saved. Now, until now, this message has been a mystery. And I wonder, when you think of mystery, what do you think of? Here's some pictures up on the screen, right? Four things that come to my mind as I think about mystery. I've got a picture of Windings. Windings is that font on your Windows Microsoft Word or uh, that it's all these different symbols that all correlate to different letters of the alphabet. And I remember when I was a kid and computers were sort of newish that, that, that kids would use Windings to create mysterious codes, right? Secret messages. They'd write their code out in normal English. They'd select all. They'd convert to Windings 1, 2 or 3 and then they'd print it off and give it to a friend and the friend would have to go back and try and break the code using the Windings font, right? Maybe you've made codes in other ways uh, but mysterious codes. I also think about Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, right? And, and, and his mates in the mystery machine, okay? They, they, they solve all kinds of mysteries, right, don't they? I also think about cricket because for me, when I bowl the ball in cricket, my friends say that I've got a mystery ball. I don't know if you know much about cricket, but a mystery ball is when no one really knows where the ball's going to go. Uh, And for me, sometimes I can bowl the ball and it's beautiful. It's right on spot. It's going to hit the middle stump. The person's going to be out. But other times I bowl it, it goes out sideways and it cracks a guy at square leg. It goes out and massive wide. Sometimes it's a full toss at the poor batsman's head. I don't really know what's going on. I'm just having a go. But so my friend's like, oh, Schroeder's mystery ball. Or down the very bottom right, here's a, here's a great little, uh, little mysterious riddle about cats. Um, so this, this cat riddle says, I have a cat that has three kittens, Mopsy, Topsy and Spot. What is the mother's name? Does anyone know the answer? Cat. It's not cat. You. Not I. The answer is, it's what? Because there's no question mark in that riddle. It's a statement. So what is the mother's name? It tells you, right? Think about it. I have a cat that has three kittens, Mopsy, Topsy and Spot. What is the mother's name? Oh, wow. Mysterious riddles, right? You see, it's different. Like when you, it's, it's great when you see mysterious things. Guys, look this way. Um, when I think about mystery as well, I think about things like magic. Okay, so here's three different pieces of rope. Uh, and there's all kinds of different mysteries, right? Yeah? 
Uh, and, and magic is, is a sort of mystery that we sort of like. Who likes Dynamo? Who likes Dynamo? Or other magicians, famous magicians? And they do incredible things and you're like, wow, how do they do that? How do they get that, that thing done? Here's, here's some rope, right? And I've just turned all three ropes in exactly the same length. Ooh, round of applause, please. Right? Magic, thank you. The thing is, though, like I can also turn them back into the right lengths again, like they were three different lengths. Oh, magic the other way, mind blown. But, but what's better than actually seeing a magic trick is seeing how it's done, you know? So I'll teach you how it's done. You've got three pieces of rope, short one, medium one, and long one. And, and it's all about what you do with this first one. It comes around and it loops up behind it. Okay, so that creates a cheeky little loop. Then these ropes come up there. That one comes over there. And then you pull those three only and see it slides through. But then, see, it looks like it's one way when in fact it is like that. Okay? So this, it's not really magic, is it? It's just a, a special little trick, like a cheeky little sleight of hand. But, but here's the thing about a mysterious magic trick. It's, it's fun to see the magic, but it's even better to see what's going on behind the scenes, isn't it? To have the magic revealed to you. Don't you agree? Yeah? Well, here in this part of the Bible, we've seen that for ages and ages, this mystery has been kept hidden for such a very long time. No one really knew exactly how God was going to save his people. But then he says, but now it is disclosed. But now the mystery of how God is going to save is right here in front of us. We can see that God has saved through one person. And what is his name? His name is Jesus. Jesus is the one that saves us. And Christ is in you, is the hope of glory. This is the mystery. The mystery has been revealed. Now for Paul, he goes on now in verse 28 and he says, Jesus is the one that I proclaim. So he talks about Jesus. He's the one that I admonish and teach everyone about. So that means he urges people with like some authority and teaching ability to know Jesus and to believe in him. And so that he does this so that people will be fully mature in Christ, that they will grow up in their knowledge of who Jesus is. And for Paul, for him, he strenuously contends. That means he works really hard for this. Like a, like a fighter in the boxing ring, he fights on and on for this with all of the energy that Christ so powerfully works in him. You see, guys, the message of Jesus has been revealed. Paul has heard it. Paul has seen it. And Paul is contending for it. He's taking it to anyone who will listen. And he even suffers for it. He even endures hardship so that others would know Jesus too. You see, the mystery has been revealed. Jesus is supreme and he's in you to save you. So ladies and gentlemen, don't miss this mystery. Don't miss out on the truth of Jesus Christ. The thing is though, and here's the risk. The risk for you is that you've heard this mystery revealed time and time again. Am I right? You've heard about Jesus and how he has died on the cross to save you. You've sat through many Easter services before. You've sat in many chapel services before and you've heard about all that Jesus has done when he died on the cross, when he took away our sins, when he rose from the dead to new life. And that because of him, we can have eternal life. You've heard that. But don't miss it. Don't miss the mystery that has been revealed. Instead, grab onto it. Catch it. Do something with the mystery that is revealed to you. 
It's a little bit like that magic trick that I showed you a moment ago with these three pieces of rope. You could go home now and you could make this yourself. You could create this trick and you could wow your younger siblings. You could impress your parents. You could take it to school and you could impress all of your friends. Oh, look, I can do this magic trick. The mystery has been revealed and so you can do magic. Wow. Right? <laughs> the thing is, though, with Jesus, the mystery has been revealed to you. So pick it up. Do something with it. And so the last thing is, do what it takes to share the mystery of salvation in Jesus. Particularly if you are already a Christian. If you're somebody in this room that knows Jesus, that believes in Jesus, share it with others. Today, as you leave this chapel space and you go to your period one lesson, ask your friends what they think about the mystery of Jesus. Start a conversation with them about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and whether or not they will join you in believing it. Because this is a mystery worth believing because it's the hope of glory. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's Word about how He has loved us and how He has saved us and who He calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK underscore Schroeder.